0: Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. You're an investor, whether you consider yourself one or not, and where you store your capital is what you're invested in. So with all the noise out there, how do you decide where to invest your capital? We explore an amazing alternative to leaving your money in the bank with our special guests, Terry and Liz, today. On the whole story. Thank you for joining episode number 49. I'm excited for today because we have very special guests. As I mentioned, they have a business that gives you an alternative for where to store your capital, and it has many facets. You know that I like real estate investing, and just to take a step back, remember that we all have all nine forms of capital under our care at any given time throughout our life. And as Christians, we need to be doing a good job in every area of capital. It boggles my mind sometimes how Christians will de-emphasize some areas and emphasize others. They'll say, well, you know, the spiritual things are the most important. Yeah, so uh, you want to go to church on Sunday. That's great, but it takes gas to put in your car It takes a reliable vehicle to drive yourself to church unless you walk to church, which is a dream of mine someday. It'd be awesome to be able to walk to church, but then you're managing your physical capital. You need to be in the proper physical condition to be able to walk to church. You need to get the proper amount of rest and eat the proper amount of food. And then when it comes to finances, they think, oh, well, stewardship is just your finances or managing money. Well, It goes far beyond that because you exchange money for gas to put in your car, to drive to church, to worship the Lord, and to pray with one another. You have a mandate to live peaceful and quiet lives, to earn a living, to work hard, to provide value for others. And what you do with the value that is then given you in exchange, which is your money, matters. What kind of food do you buy? What kind of clothes? Do you wear? Where do you go? How do you spend your time? What ministries do you support? You have all nine forms of capital and you are stewards of those on a daily basis. So, now with that being said, you have money in the bank. What do you do with that money? Do you, does it just sit in the bank until you need it to buy food or uh, send that money to the mission field? do you just spend it all right away? Uh, do you, are you saving anything for the future? The proverb says that a wise man saves for the future, works hard, basically provides value for the world. And what, where do you store that value? Once you've provided value, once you've been successful in your job or your business, and now you have a little bit of money sitting in the bank. What do you do with it? We use currency, and I've talked about this in the past. We won't rehash it, but we use currency as an easy way to store and represent value and exchange value with one another. My business gets paid in US dollars, and then I use those dollars to buy goods and services. With that being said, what do we do with our value? Do we leave it in the bank? As we've seen in the past, recently, is the money secure in the bank? Well, when you have rampant inflation... The answer is absolutely not. Your money is not secure in the bank. In fact, it's losing its value very quickly. As Christians, we need to be good stewards of that value. We need to put that value to work. So where do you store that value? Well, Terry and Liz with Mid MidSouth Homebuyers have a great solution. So I hope you really enjoy as much as I did this conversation next on The Whole Stupid. Our next guest, the first of which is Terry Kerr, was born in Memphis, Tennessee in 1970. And with the exception of some nomadic travel for a couple of years in his early 20s, has lived in Memphis his whole adult life. He shares his life with his wonderful wife, Elaine, and two amazing kids, Amelia and Andrew. Terry enjoys water sports, hiking, and the Memphis Grizzlies with his family. Founder and CEO of Mid-South Homebuyers, Terry fell in love with making ugly houses pretty in 2001 and set out to master the business of passing bargains on to the bargain hunters. Over the last 22 years, Mid-South Homebuyers has purchased, renovated, and sold over 4,500 single-family houses in Memphis and Little Rock, Arkansas to real estate investors across the U.S. and the globe. Elizabeth Nolan is an avid real estate professional and investor who has spent the last 20 years of her professional life working in multiple markets as a large-scale property manager, a marketing director, a realtor, a writer, and a public speaker. She has an ever-growing portfolio of investment homes in multiple states and loves international travel and her son, Rhett. For the last 14 years, she's been working side-by-side with Terry Kerr, helping to build Mid-South homebuyers into one of the most successful turnkey providers in the U.S. Welcome to the show, Terry and Liz.
1: Thanks so much, Andrew. Glad to be here.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Great to be here.
0: That's awesome. Now, a couple of things. I hope I got your son's name right. How do you say that, Liz? Uh,
2: Rhett, you nailed it.
0: Rhett, okay, I (laughs) nailed it. Good, (laughs) good. And I just have to say, Terry, your son has an awesome name.
1: (laughs) He would think you've got a pretty cool name, too.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time here. I think uh, a lot of my listeners will be somewhat new to sort of the business model that you guys have really perfected over the last, um, what does it say, 22 years. To get started, let's just have you describe at a high level the basic business that you guys are running there.
1: Sure. So um, you know, when I first got into the business, I was buying to fixing and holding, and I ran into a buddy of mine who bought houses, fixed them up himself and kept them. And he asked to buy one of the houses that I was rehabbing. And I asked him, why do you want to buy a house for me when you can go out and buy them yourself and put them into your own real portfolio? And he said, because I don't have the time and the time it takes me to do that I can't spend time with my family. I can't amass the amount of property that I want to. Um, and he said, frankly, my wife is tired of me being gone nights and weekends mm-hmm. uh, fixing on houses. So um, I sold the our, the first house to my buddy Steve, and from there a business was born. And fast forward, we've done you know over forty five hundred of them. That's amazing. It,
2: it's uh, it's really cool. It's been said that real estate offers the best risk-adjusted return uh, of any investment out there, uh, but we're all familiar with uh, the stock market, right? And you know, you can kind of invest in Apple, but you may not know that much about computers. It always has a, a bit of a, a gambling feel to it, uh, even though we can all kind of understand housing and, and where someone wants to live and what kind of neighborhood and turnkey investments really allows you to invest in real estate with the simplicity and ease of investing in the stock market. You're not getting calls about toilets. You're not swinging hammers. You're not dealing with tenants. You are at the beach with your family while we kind of use our expertise to renovate the property, find the perfect tenant, repair it as needed. And we are just sending you money every month.
0: So you buy the properties, you rehab them, And then you place a tenant and then manage it on the back end. And that's what you're titling as turnkey, right? So an investor who doesn't live in Memphis can invest in Memphis because of the services that you provide from front end to back end. Did I describe that correct?
1: You did. And the most significant piece of uh, the puzzle is the property management on the back end of course you need to buy a good house in a great neighborhood that's been thoroughly renovated and all that kind of stuff and i don't want to minimize that because you've got to start with that Uh, but long term a good management partner is, is absolutely a necessity
2: absolutely and um, at Memphis and Little Rock just lend themselves to essentially, at the end of the day, the simplest way to say it is that the uh, rent exceeds the cost of your mortgage and the cost of your management, uh, and you're making that margin every month. And that is simply not true in most parts of the world. We have investors in 17 different countries around the world and all 50 states. Um, we send rents to Japan, Australia, Brazil. Uh, it. It goes on and on. And the reason that people are coming to us from so far is that rents and mortgages just tend to correlate the world over. So you'll have sky high rents in New York and the mortgage is absolutely going to outstrip that. Same thing in, in California, uh, as I'm sure you're familiar with in mm-hmm. And yeah, you can, you know, buy a house uh, in some tiny town for for $45,000 and it's going to rent for 300 bucks a month, believe it or not, Uh, and still you'll have that correlation. And it's this sort of seesaw effect that happens in these major metro areas in the Mid-South, where there's so much rental demand within our population that does not have a corresponding purchase demand, where uh, that rent really exceeds that that mortgage payment or for a cash buyer, just sort of your, your overhead and the relationship between the rent and the price. Um, and that's why we've been able to do this for 22 years. And that's why folks come here from all over.
0: Yeah. I've talked about before on the show, uh, that price to rent ratio or rent to value ratio being important for cash flow. Now, some people, and it's fascinating, the market that I live in, having the pandemic and the shockwaves that that sent through the real estate market really affected where I live, where prices went up, say, 50% in two years, three years, which is really unheard of even for an area like this. And I actually owned a property here in San Diego that I sold in 2019 of all things when COVID-19 came along (laughs) and people go, wow, you know, do you, do you regret selling that property here? And I deployed uh, some of that capital into the South and Midwest, one of your houses being one of them, but nobody could predict, at least nobody was telling me. And even if they had told me that I wouldn't have believed them. Hey, Andrew, by the way, this Crazy pandemic's going to happen. Houses are going to go up 50% in two or three years. Why don't you just hold on to that? And that would have been complete speculation at that point. And what you guys are describing in the markets that you specialize in is something very different than saying, well, it might go up, it might not, I don't know. You're you're kind of hoping. And, and Terry, you mentioned buying the house is important. Don't get that wrong. Uh, I'd like to know... What is it that makes it a great house? And then we can go into the property management side after
1: that. Sure. Well, you know, what makes it a great house is first off, you want to provide a house where somebody wants to live, not where they have to live, right? Mm. Uh, So you can't be buying in the war zones. The numbers don't work. Uh, You can't be buying uh, a million dollar house because like Liz mentioned, the price to rent ratios don't work. So you have to find the sweet spot where the price to rent ratio does work. Uh, And then what we do is not very normal in the turnkey spaces. We look for the houses that are in the worst condition uh, because when we are done renovating, Innovating a house, we wanted to have a new roof, new HVAC, new water heater, updated electrical, gutted kitchen, gutted bathrooms, all new flooring, the whole nine yards. So when we're done with that rehab, all the major components are completely new. So you're starting from a, a standpoint where capital expenditures are going to be at a minimum for a long time. Um, and, and that's that's the starting point.
2: And Andrew, I think it's really interesting what you said about um, kind of trying to time the market. I I think it's almost impossible to do that. I saw people that uh, got afraid to purchase because they thought there was going to be some kind of economic collapse when the pandemic rolled out. And Mm -hmm. one thing I love about buy and hold real estate is it is, is very recession proof while still going up. Uh, when, when the tide rises, um, I have personally bought one house a year, me and my family, from mid south for about the last eight years. And I can tell you that in my in my twenty years in property management, I used to work for a really high end high rise uh, in, in a different city in a different state. And the worst occupancy we ever had was in the the housing boom of of two thousand six two thousand seven. Because if you could fog a mirror, you could get a home loan. So mm-hmm people Mm. were leaving the rental pool left, right, and center. It was the worst occupancy rates we had seen. But anyone that owned property during that time, well, the value of their home was skyrocketing. Well, then we all know what happens next, right? You have the crash. Well, homelessness didn't spike in 2009. You had tons of foreclosed on homeowners entering the rental market. In our 22 years in business, we have never had rents go backwards. And so I just no i that when I, I just am so calm about buying my one house a year for mid south that's the the pace that my family can afford to sort of save up and do it because first off you know any you can sell anything 15 years down the line and do well uh and then uh, you know you have these other tools to, to time when you're going to sell for the best um best price and so I think you are smart to not worry about overly timing the market because it'll keep you out on the sidelines um, of a game that's ultimately going to make you money when you get in and play. yep
0: it's an interesting time that we're in right now with the the quick rise in interest rates making a purchase affordable becomes a little bit more difficult. I, I think I bought with you in 2021 was the last house. And, you know, the numbers look a little bit different today. Are you seeing a squeeze on investors, you know, having trouble affording or, you know, penciling it out? You know, maybe the cash flow isn't quite there as it used to be. The rent-to-values are a little bit lower. Uh, I really wanted to explore that with you a little bit uh, because a lot of people are are timid right now, I think. Is that, do, do you guys see that?
1: sure some people some folks are you know obviously the interest rates go up and if the rent doesn't go up then cash flows uh, cash flows narrow some um, and there are some folks that are that are gonna you know sit out on the sideline maybe until um, uh, rates come down a tick. but like what Liz said when like as of for instance when uh, the uh, housing crash happened in 2009 um, we didn't see rents drop and we're not seeing rents drop now but what is going to drop will be interest rates. So um, we still have uh, a significant wait list of uh, buyers waiting in line to buy houses from us, Um, it's not too terribly long, but it's it's a few months out there. And the reason um, is because folks are saying, yeah, interest rates are higher than I want right now, but I'm going to go ahead and buy. I'm going to lock in now because when interest rates drop, two things will happen. A, they can refinance and get a better rate. B, as soon as interest rates drop, housing prices will go up and force equity.
2: Absolutely, we have just not solved the housing shortage that was causing um, all of that 50% increase you guys were seeing out there in San Diego. Um, And until we solve the shortage, uh, supply and demand is just gonna roll the day. And uh, they have uh, kind of chopped the head off the the ever rising price uh, with it. But uh, the, the talking heads that I think are smarter than me say that they're probably just gonna go down. I don't think we're gonna see anything more upwards. Um, and so, yeah, they say, uh, marry the house and date the rate. Yep, and yep. so uh, buy it at today's price and you can refinance down the line. And there's some hidden um, perks to today's markets that I that in the investment world, we haven't been talking about as much. But I can see that rent appreciation is the most rapid it's ever been. Property appreciation is still very, very rapid. And so uh, yeah, your, your initial pencil, just price to rent, might not look as juicy as it did a few years ago, but Mm -hmm. you really want to do an internal rate of return calculation that includes, you know, selling it. That includes how fast the rent is going up. Um, And I think that in many ways, today's properties are going to exceed yesterday's properties on a seven year timeline because of the pace of the rent going up. And so it is a buy and hold investment. So there's just more things to consider as well.
0: Well, and I think something that, you have to ask yourself is, what is the alternative? Think about the investment space. You are serving a niche in investment that as you opened with, is probably the most risk-averse investment class that you could think of. It's a tangible asset, like you said you know, before we started. You should come out and visit. You can go and look at the piece of property that you own, and, and you actually welcome tours but it's not necessary, right? If, if somebody lives in California, in fact, I've yet to come visit you. It's on my to-do list, but it's not necessary, right?
2: Yeah, ninety-five percent of our investors have never set foot in Memphis. Uh, you will get the same awesome experience whether you you do or do not. Uh, as I mentioned, we have some investors that work with us through translators, uh, but we oh, love wow. it when people come visit. Uh, you were talking about affordability too. You know, one thing I like to show off. So our properties uh, have such a great entry point uh, when it comes to price. So our properties are about ninety-five thousand to. 160000 uh for the single family homes. You go to midsouthhomebuyers.com, you can kind of look at our available properties, uh, some duplexes in there at the 200 mark. But uh, I just love showing off how stable uh, our neighborhoods are at that price point. Uh, many of our investors come from markets where you couldn't attract a good renter to the type of neighborhood that would have those price points uh but in memphis and in little rock you absolutely can and so we that we give uh anyone that does come and visit you can sign up for our once a month tours uh, a 500 hundred dollar credit towards their closing costs on their first house because uh, it'll just boost your confidence through the roof once you see it
1: absolutely
0: you're encouraging folks to come and see it for real uh, but it's not necessary
2: Yes. Oh, and one other thing that I love as well, you're talking about just the risk level. You have homeowner's insurance on top of it all, right? So like, if you, this isn't all you have, but if your house burned to the, the ground, you get a whole check for it. There's, no, there's nothing like that in the stock market, period. Where, where, oh, if, you're, if your stock plummets to zero, let me write you a check for everything. Even it doesn't even exist. And uh, it's something that helps me sleep at night as well.
1: Yeah, and the IRS doesn't let you write off your um, uh, your stock market uh, portfolio, but you can write off a, a home over 27 and a half years. So mm-hmm. appreciation depreciation, principal pay down, cash flow, a lot of things make up what makes a real estate investment um, far superior to your average investment and just safer.
2: Yeah. And to your point about, well, what else are you going to do with it? And I think that kind of really dovetails to considering the broader picture in today's slightly slimmer margins, which is that inflation, as we all know, and as the media uh, reminds us as if our bank accounts weren't, is out of control. Uh, If you start the year with a million dollars in the bank, uh, you have $900,000 in buying power 12 months later. That is a staggering loss to just keep your money in the bank. And, and I, I think of my houses as brick bank accounts, and I'm going to pull it, my cash out of the bleeding bank account and put it into the bank account where inflation is now my best friend. And so that, that is also something that pressure on your cash was not true earlier.
0: Inflation is often called the silent tax and you don't see it happening as readily. And, and somebody asked, well, Do you think we'll see bail-ins or whatever in in the U.S.? It's like, why would they need to? They can just take it right out of your bank account and nobody even thinks about it or bats an eye. But when you talk about a single-family home or a duplex, really any piece of real estate, the usefulness, it's got three bedrooms, two baths, maybe a garage, a driveway, a little yard. That usefulness isn't really changing over time. So you have an asset that's intrinsic value is still there. Plus somebody is paying you a fee to use it as their home, basically. Yeah. And so describe to us now the management portion of it, because I think that's where a lot of people might get scared and go, how in the world am I going to manage it? Most mom and pop investors would say, well, of course I manage it myself. You know, Tell us about that piece and how do you optimize it?
1: Sure. Um, Well, first off, the main thing is, you know, houses don't pay the rent. Your resident pays the rent. And Mm -hmm. so um, at the end of the day, what we're what we all want is lease renewals. We don't want the uh, the resident to move out. Um, And so um, the resident needs to receive value. Right. And so if the value is there um, and the service is there, they're going to renew. So, you know, you Mm -hmm. start with an excellent house, a house that's got great curb appeal. Uh, and then um, you provide a house where the major components are not going, the, the roof's not going to leak, the water heater is not going to be going out, the air conditioner is not going to be going out, and just provide um, a comfortability for the resident that um, encourages them um, and incentivizes them to continue to renew the lease. And then when things do um, occasionally break, you get out there quickly and fix them. Whenever we are having someone apply to rent one of our properties, we always ask, why are you moving from your previous home? Uh, And the number one answer is my landlord won't fix anything. And I'm pleased to say um, that we maintain between a 98.5 and 99.5 occupancy rate. Sometimes it gets above 99.5 occupancy rate for years and years. uh, Our average resident stays for almost four years, which is about twice the industry average, uh, at least for the Mid-South. And um, uh, that's not because um, they necessarily, like Liz and I, we don't get to meet them, but they do like the fact that the house looks nice, it smells nice, and when things break occasionally, we go fix them quickly.
0: The key thing that you mentioned there is value. You're providing value to your residents and they value you in return. The most important element is the team, the management side, and I think property managers really don't get the due credit and 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 I've certainly seen it. I mean, buying a house is one thing, and you know you got to do a lot of paperwork and things like that. Uh, it, it's completely manageable. But on the management side, that is where you make or break a deal, really. You can make a great buy, but have a bad team, and it's they can run the property right into the ground. And you're really, would you say, in the people business? I mean, you're serving people on a daily basis, right?
2: Absolutely. We have two customer sets, our renters and our investors. Mm. And we pride ourselves on communication and responsiveness and kindness uh, to to both customer sets. Um, We treat our renters with compassion and respect. Um, and uh, our investors as well. And uh, I, on a personal note, I, I love working for this company and investing in this company because of some of the neighborhood rejuvenation that we get to do. Um, we, uh, we have never, I'll put it this way. We have never taken a home out of the, the mouth of a first time homebuyer uh, as a fact, we are buying, uh, the ugliest house on the end of the street. They're often not habitable when we get mm. them. Fannie and Freddie is not loaning on them. There are not first time home buyers that have $80,000 cash to renovate a property over eight months. Mm. Um, we make it the nicest house on the block. We stick a great renter with a clean criminal background check and a great job in that house that used to be the ugliest. Uh, it raises property values for the working class homeowners in that neighborhood. And we added an affordable rental unit to the total pool of available, affordable rental units mm-hmm. in the area we're working in. I, I love it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we, we have to make money to take care of our families, but we can choose to do it in ways that are good for our community.
0: Right. And you you're um, taking the houses, rehabbing them and creating and or stimulating the economy because you're creating jobs for folks who do drywall and flooring and all that stuff. Describe how you're actually doing that renovation or do you subcontract out all that? Describe it for for those listening.
1: Sure, we have W two um, uh, uh, hammer swingers, and then we have subcontractor hammer swingers. I um, mean, you have to have both uh, because you can't staff up enough W two full time folks that are on your payroll um, for when uh, there's a dip in acquisitions, but you you can't let them the properties sit long enough when you have a swell in acquisition. So mm-hmm. our W-2 guys always swing hammers first and then our subcontractors are always there um, when we have uh, more than our W-2 guys um, can do. And so whether that's um, HVAC technicians, plumbers, electricians, um, a general handyman or whatnot, um, these are folks that work for us full-time, have worked for us for many, many years, some a couple of decades, Um, And uh, a lot of them start out as subs and then end up becoming W-2 contractors. So um, uh, that's the way you have to do it uh, to deal with the ebbs and flows of acquisitions. Mm
2: And it, it really helps our, our pricing on repairs ultimately be uh, much lower. Uh, the uh, I, you know, we have, I, have, I see our same W2 electricians and plumbers at the Christmas party every year. And, and what makes us so unique in the industry is uh, your typical third party property management company, if you just buy the house down the street and then you hire a, a company randomly to do it, they do not have electricians on salary or plumbers on salary. Why would they? How could they? Um, but we do because when you're working with us, your property management company just happens to gut rehab 400 plus houses a year. Um, so to give a quick example, the most expensive tier of maintenance we have that, you, that you'd ever be charged for is $75 an hour for a licensed electrician. Mm. Uh, if any of your listeners have ever hired an electrician, they're going, whoa, can you come to my house? Um, and it would be, you know, a really long time before, before that would even uh, ever happen. Um, and so we're able to consistently beat what, what somebody just call it Googling L- electrician LLC. Uh, and then on top of that, our, we have the same water heater in all 4,000 homes. We have the same thermostat in all 4,000 homes. My guy is going to be in your house for 15 minutes is $75 an hour. You could take the exact same house to the other property management company. Uh, There's gonna be a 10 to 15% markup. The guy's gonna be in the house for twice as long and his base rate's gonna be maybe twice. Uh, it is a staggering difference when you when you stack it all up. Uh, I've always said you could buy two identical houses from me, and if you took one to a different property management mm-hmm. company, you would be floored by how the one you left with us outperformed its its identical twin.
0: And that comes back to the management side being so incredibly important, and the property managers often not getting the proper credit for what makes a property successful? What makes that investment succeed in the long run? You have the volumes also to purchase, I assume, large scale, like you're not buying your materials from Home Depot, are you?
1: No, we're buying from the same outfits that sell to Home Depot and Lowe's, right? So we've got a 30,000 square foot warehouse. Um, In Little Rock, we've got Um, uh, a 30,000 square foot warehouse attached to a 17,000 square foot warehouse in Memphis. And so, you know, we're buying materials um, in bulk, which allows us to put more money into the rehab and to keep repairs down uh, for the long run uh, for our investor buyers. And also it helps us with speed in regards to repairs for the resident, because as Liz mentioned, since all we have all the same components in all of our houses, we have four different paint color schemes, but the components are all the same. It allows our electricians, plumbers, and HVAC techs, as an example, to keep stock equipment on their trucks. And so when the repair line rings and we um, uh, triage uh, the the phone call, we've got a really good idea of what's going on there and our technicians don't have to show up, triage themselves and then go pick up materials on the investor's dime, driving to Home Depot or Lowe's, Mm. buying the material, driving back and all that they've got them on the truck. And if for some reason they don't have them on the truck, we do curbside service for all of our technicians. They call in, we have curbside service. They pick up that water heater and head back out. So speed is the name of the game, not just for the investor, but also so the resident can give their children a hot bath when they get home from work. Mm -hmm. That's amazing.
2: If uh, your listeners were uh, interested in any more of that, there is a video, if uh, if anybody was is interested, um, if you go to midsouthhomebuyers.com, there's two sections I would recommend that you could spend five minutes and learn a lot about us. There's a video on the homepage called Tour of Our Offices and Renovations. Mm-hmm. Not only does it show off that pretty awesome warehouse, uh, it's a video version of the tour uh, that you would get if you came to town for those that do want to be fully remote. And so we start off a quick tour of that warehouse, but then we're gonna hit a um, uh, totally unrenovated junker house we just bought. I like to show people that these are not cosmetic flips. (laughs) It's it's total gut jobs. We hit a house that's about midway, uh, and we hit a house that's totally finished and that's super informative and then there, there's tons of content on the website you can read our management agreement all that stuff but there's a bright yellow available properties but um, they are all under contract with the waitlist. but it's the most current it's our current properties that we've just offered and you can see the prices and the you'll start to your listeners would start to notice that oh it's the same kitchen in almost every house it's the same bathroom it's the same roof it's the same shutters uh one of one of my investors is one of my favorite things that an investor's ever said to me. He said, "You're basically just buying the business model by the square foot." And it's the truest okay. thing I've ever heard. It there, you know, whether it's two, three, four Chattering or one, two, three Maple Street. Uh, it's just the square foot of the business model <laughs>
0: yeah that's super powerful tell us about your newest program that you've been running this build to rent
1: yeah we've uh we've been wanting to do that for a while um, but you know we like to baby step into things um, and make sure we we've got the foundation uh you know built nice and deep um, uh, so we can keep quality of life up for our employees uh, and also give our uh, investor buyers uh what they want and everyone's been asking for new construction. Um, And so we're doing just that. Um, We've got new construction going in Memphis and in Little Rock now. Uh, We've got a couple of small subdivisions going in Little Rock, about 30 uh, houses per subdivision, uh, three bedroom, two baths, most of them with a two-car garage. Um, and then in Memphis, we've started building uh, new construction as well. So um, uh, yeah, so it's 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 finally here.
2: Yeah, we were excited to be able to control our pipeline. I don't have to tell you, Andrew. We've had. A wait list for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And in the, COVID, I think at the longest, our wait times were well over a year, even when we were putting out over 400 houses a year. And, I remember uh, it. <laughs> thank you for, for hanging in there. But uh, the new construction is really why uh, right now the wait times are uh, only... 90 to 120 days uh, for my finance buyers and uh, uh, about 45 to 60 days uh, on the cash side. Um, So it's just a dramatic improvement because we're able to add these 70 plus new construction houses uh, and really control our own pipeline. Yep.
0: Where does your profit margin come in? Are you primarily earning on the rehab end of the business or the property management side or a little of both?
1: It's a little bit of both. You know, um, one thing is for sure, and, and we're, we're friends with our competitors, um, and we don't make as <laughs> much money as our competitors do um, uh, per property, but we do more houses. And so uh, the, the fact that we buy and rehab more houses um, means that our um, uh, material purchasing division is actually effective and what i mean by that and i know i'm getting off into a little bit of details here but Um, uh, we pulled the curtain back and showed our competitors what we were doing with buying materials in bulk. Um, But you have to be able to do enough properties and you have to do enough of a deep renovation to make that standalone business model work uh, because there's overhead that's involved. So we decided that we wanted um, to baby step into that and then fast forward to where we are now. We're able to buy materials at such a good discount that we're able to pay more for a house that our competitors can, but we don't use that as profit. We use that to deepen the rehab and serve up a better product, um, which makes the property perform better, which creates a uh, good uh, customer satisfaction for the investor. Then they get back in line to buy a property. We're not having to spend money on advertising. It, it all kind of ties back together. So to answer your question, um, we make a little bit of money on rehabs and a little bit of money on the management side, but we're fortunate enough to do a whole lot of it and that's what that's what makes the whole deal work
2: yeah a couple one one reason i buy my houses directly from mid-south is you know uh if anybody could recreate the business model and save myself a a couple of bucks it would be me i live here i've I've been in property management my Mm. whole adult life um what i think is so cool is it would cost me hundred and thirty thousand dollars if you disregard any value for my time to recreate a hundred and twenty thousand dollar mid-south house There is no premium to the consumer uh, on the we we net uh, four to six thousand dollars a house. Uh, uh, We gross just a touch more than that, but we actually lose money on about every 25th house. It is just a cost of Mm -hmm. doing business because it is impossible to x-ray a house. Um, if we knock down a wall and we find a problem, we didn't know it was there. We are going to fix that house to perfection. If that's the house you end up buying, you may not know that we wrote a check for two grand at the closing table. You get the same perfect, flawless house that performs. You come back, you buy more, uh, and so on. So first off, not only could that 25th house be the one I accidentally bought and knocked the wall down on, even if it's not Just because I am walking into Home Depot and paying retail for that water heater, Mm -hmm. uh, hiring a roofing company that has to pay for billboards and all this other stuff, um, I actually save money by doing it the easier way. I love it. And it's the same thing. Uh, We're objectively cheaper on the property management side. You can just take our property management agreement and go shop. We don't charge application fees to our renters. Uh, I have an out-of-state property in my hometown. They charge 60 bucks a head. Uh, you cannot tell me that doesn't add some time to to my vacancy. Our, and push away out-
0: potential tenants.
2: Absolutely. Even if they still apply, they're going to go home and think about it for a week before they write a check for $120 when they don't even know if they're going to be approved. Right. Our leasing agents can take an application over the phone because there's no charge. It absolutely speeds stuff up. Um, our charge for new renter placement is only half the first half the first month's rent. And that's, that's only on your second renter and beyond. The house comes with the renter for free at the time of purchase it is universally a full month's rent uh if any of your listeners are already working with a property management company uh and we're able to you know we clear you know 15 bucks a month the house or whatever it shakes out to and i think it's this great intersection where we are a healthy company we are able to staff well we are going to be around for you in 20 years we're not going anywhere but we're still great value uh, so it's a great balance
1: and and when doing you're describing is, uh, doing volume is the key because mm-hmm. when you do volume, uh, you can get better deals, um, not just on the material but also on the labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So if somebody thinks that they're going to, well, I'll just fly out to Memphis and I'll do my own rehab and I'll I'll find my own house uh, and I'll I'll do the rehab and then I'll set it up with a tenant and then I'll fly back to San Diego where I live. Uh, you will not be able to compete with the margins and the value that Mid-South is providing. On the property management and and tenant screening process, you just made it sound so easy for a tenant to rent one of your houses. How do you uh, ensure that good people are renting your houses?
1: Sure. Well, first off, uh, one of the nice things is, is because um, we've done a lot of owner financing, um, uh, we have our own in-house financing program uh, for, for folks who are tapped out of the Fannie and Freddie market. And so we do some lending. Well, that allows us to um, uh, get um, a lender rate for credit reports. So what we have to pay for credit reports is less than a third of what the market would have to pay, which allows us to absorb that cost, right? So that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. So since we can um, uh, advertise, if you will, no application fee, we get a whole lot more residents that will apply because it doesn't cost anything. And so when you have a whole lot more folks applying, you've got a better shot at finding the best tenant and quicker. That's kind of where it starts.
2: Absolutely. It's, It's easy to apply. It's not easy to get approved. Uh, if if our property management company approves you, you will get hired. I'm sorry, you would get approved <laughs> anywhere in Memphis within or Little Rock within the the. Um, within the the scale of your income, right? Um, uh, We're doing a criminal background check. This gets into some real boring nitty gritty, but we're doing like a tri-merge credit check. Uh, It's the most expensive credit check you can do. We're paying to check all three bureaus. So it really is the opposite of most companies' business model where the application fees are gonna be a huge income stream for them, which kind of motivates them to then spend, to make that uh, approval process cheaper uh, and maybe only paying to check Experian or TransUnion. We're doing the same credit check a bank would do if you're applying for a mortgage. Um, but I don't think banks do criminal background checks. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's a lot of hoops to jump through for sure.
0: Yeah. And you're de-incentivizing things that would be negative for the investor and the tenants, but positive for the property manager. You're, you're taking uh, a different approach and saying, here's the value for both ends of the spectrum. And then I could imagine, and you could probably confirm or deny this, but the value that comes to you is then you're the one responsible for managing the property on behalf of both sides. And if you make a good match, your job maybe becomes easier.
2: Amen. Yeah. It, it when the rent <laughs> is paying full and there aren't repairs, the phone doesn't ring uh, in, in the best possible way. Uh, it it it's a it's a beautiful system and it it's uh you know we talked about volume but we're incredibly picky about the houses that we buy. Um, we have plenty of money to buy houses. There are plenty out there for sale. Uh, our acquisitions team passes on about 25 properties for every one that we put an offer in on. Uh, So we're really being your experts on the ground on the buy side as well. Uh, We could be looking at a house that has the low maintenance construction style that we wanna see, um, uh, a low crime area that we we know from our crime maps is, is low. Everything about it could look like it was gonna work. But if we see too many for rent signs in that neighborhood, we will pass just on that Uh, We may say, we don't know why this neighborhood has turnover, but it does. And we're not going to find out the hard way. Um, And it's just this unique thing because in one, most sellers don't care how the the, the buyer feels 10 years later, uh, but we do. And then we have to manage it uh, for the next 15 years. And fundamentally, the management company exists so that you are happy you bought the house and you want to come back and buy more houses and uh, refer your family and friends. Which is not why most property management companies were born. <laughs> well,
0: and I think you do a pretty good job at that, right? I, I don't know that you do a lot of advertising. You have a wait list, and people want what
1: you provide. Well, and we don't we don't list on the MLS, so we're not working with we're not paying a real estate agent to sell. We're not co opting okay. with real estate agents, and so again, instead of spending money on paying agents and and doing expensive advertising, um, we take all that money. And we put that money into the house and we do things like not turn applications from into an income stream and we absorb a little bit of that cost there but it pays dividends because we're able to fill properties quicker because we're able to find better residents which pays dividends to the investor long term which comes right on back around again Mm -hmm. uh, for them to get on on the wait list and buy another property so yeah
0: now how would someone go about selling a property uh you know years down the road when it serves its purpose if they needed to exit somebody is you know saying well you know i don't live in memphis so how do i go about that are you saying that you help investors sell if they need to Uh,
2: we have a great set of options for you and uh i actually just spoke at a um, in pennsylvania at one of our investors has a company a couple hundred people and we went out there and spoke and uh, he sold his properties. Uh, he did very well on them. We, we don't ever, you know, nobody has a crystal ball, but he happened to have. Uh, and uh, he never came to town uh, to buy. He never came to town to, to sell. He had me out there to speak to his team, and he has never set foot in Tennessee. Or arkansas um sometimes we can buy them back the longer uh the investor has held them uh the the more likely we are able to Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times your property might will be in too good of a condition uh almost always we we tend to buy pretty dilapidated stuff uh and so we might not be your best offer um but we can hook you up uh with a, a great agent in town that can sell it and uh in my 14 years here, I have never seen it take more than four to six weeks for somebody to sell the house yep. once they decided to. Um, I had a guy once sell eight of them off of Craigslist. This was years ago. Uh, and he had just used a financing, a kind of financing that was not very favorable. He put all the money back into houses with us. Um, and he did it He did it without an agent. I'm not saying that uh, everybody wants to go do that. And again, without coming to town, um, we will, uh, another kind of neat perk you get with us is um, we really don't manage properties that we did not renovate and sell. We will on an extremely limited basis, maybe as a favor for an existing client. There's some small exceptions, but for the most part, if you want the level of management that we offer, you have to either buy a house directly from us and work our wait list, or you have to buy a house from one of our investors that's selling. And so you get that kind of Push. Uh, there are investors that just look out for houses that our other investors are selling because they want to grow their portfolio with us. Um, and so the the waitlist kind of helps our exiting investors in that sense as well too.
1: Yeah, it's one of uh, the benefits of you know being around for over twenty years in the business and having close to five thousand houses under management.
2: For the most part, everyone is just holding on to what they have and trying to get more. Yeah, uh, the sales tend to be more just like. Oh, I'm moving to Europe or something, <laughs> but uh, but
0: yeah. How many employees do you have at, at Mid-South?
1: Mm, around 100 W2.
0: Wow, wow, quite the operation. But you got to think
1: about it. We're rehabbing. We're re, we're rehabbing about uh, 150 houses all at one time. Uh, that's so that's, that's actually not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we've got, um, uh, you know, we've got, uh, Mid-South Hardware, we've got Mid-South Renovations that does all the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing work. Mm-hmm. home buyers is obviously the flip company. Um, and then we've got the property management company. So when you, when you look at it kind of holistically, um, uh, yeah, a hundred, yeah, it does kind of sound like a lot better. <laughs> we've been <met> around for <laughs> um uh but but yeah we're proud that we're able to have a, an efficient enough outfit to where um we're able to keep quality of life good for the folks who are working with us and you know through efficiency be able to provide a good return uh for the residents the investors um and the company
0: what an amazing experience to hear about such an awesome business model operation the value being provided Uh, this has been a real treat is there anything that i should have asked that i didn't
1: Mm. (laughs) well there's a due diligence section on our website that's specifically designed um, for folks that are looking for turnkey providers, you can. It'll help you shop for for a turnkey provider in any market. Um, and so, there are lots of questions um, that that need to be asked for folks that are that are looking for uh, for a turnkey um, uh, investment. And um, we just encourage folks to go there, check it out. Obviously, uh, we want to to work with your listeners, um, but we also know. Um, the time value of money, and um, a, a lot of times, folks will go elsewhere, and they'll they'll hop on our wait list. They'll go elsewhere uh, and buy a house, uh, and then they'll they'll work with us once once they get to the top of the wait list. But I would just encourage your your listeners to go check out uh, the due diligence section on our website. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and what it has is questions that you are to ask a property manager or a renovation company, a turnkey provider. Basically, uh, those are the questions that. Terry and Liz expect you to ask them, and they can certainly answer them. They can help you understand how they should be answered, uh, because as we've heard today, how they're doing it is absolute excellence. So, uh, yes, very helpful. Um, is is there anywhere else as far as coordinates go? You you know you have you mes- mentioned the website, but any- anything else?
2: I'd just like to say that uh, real estate can be intimidating for people. Mm. Um, and they can kind of feel like they they don't know what questions to ask. And I would just like to let folks know um, it's not uncommon. Don't get me wrong, we have investors that have 400 apartment buildings from coast to coast, but I often work with people that are renting in San Diego or renting in Manhattan because it's a million dollars to get your foot in anywhere where they Mm -hmm. live and they are able to build real estate wealth with us while living in the city that they want to live in and so it is not uncommon for me to help someone with their first real estate purchase in life and so if anyone feels intimidated like they wouldn't know what to do or they don't know the phrasing or some of the terminology Um, just, just don't worry about any of that. We're here to hold your hand through the whole thing. I cross every T and dot every I we've got lenders, we've got closing, we've got title. I'm here to explain everything. And, uh, if you reach out to our team, we, we set aside an hour to speak with you individually. If you, if some people are like five minutes or let's do it by email, but as much as you want to have your hand held, I love to do it. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm here to answer all the questions and walk you through it. So I uh, just want to encourage folks to not be intimidated to, to reach out if you're not familiar with this or if you've never purchased real estate before.
0: Very cool. How can folks get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so uh uh midsouthhomebuyers.com and that's plural, so midsouthhomebuyers.com. Mm-hmm. All roads on that website lead to me.
0: <laughs> okay um,
2: I am simply Liz at midsouthhomebuyers.com. L I Z at our website and um uh, our phone number is nine oh one two one seven home 4663 So uh, cool. pretty easy we're extremely responsive. Um you'll hear back from us same day uh Monday through Friday. So
0: Well, this has been a treat to get a refresher for myself on the operation and the uh, just excellence in value that you provide in the real estate space there in the South. And I think probably pretty eye-opening to uh, a few of our listeners that real estate investing is, as you were saying, Liz, more tangible than you might think because of folks like Terry and Liz and uh, the whole team there in Memphis. So uh, what a great time. Thank you guys so much for for joining us today and and explaining all this. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Andrew. It's a joy.
1: Thanks, Andrew. We enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, take care. You too, man. Wow. What a great experience. Think about how tangible real estate investing can be to you. As I mentioned, I live in a very expensive city. If you want to buy just a median priced home, you're in the mid $850,000 range for a single family home. If you want to buy an apartment building, you need to pull together a syndication. But if you have a little bit of capital sitting in the bank, doing nothing, losing value because of inflation, Terry and Liz bring you a solution that is tangible. It is not necessarily required to be local to you. It is in an area where it makes sense. It's in, of course, Terry's hometown. He's been there for decades and he knows the area very well and plus he has created a business that provides you value his employees value the tenants value the economy they are improving neighborhoods i like what liz said where when she said that she looks at the house that she owns as a mini bank it's a place that does a lot more than just money sitting in the bank. And let me tell you something, if you just have money sitting in the bank, that money doesn't just sit there, it's a number on the screen, but what the bank does is they put your money to work for you and they will make a profit on your money. Or they will put your money to work in mortgage loans and home loans and various things like that, paying their employees, that money for you is just sitting there and you're getting paid almost nothing on it. And it is just losing value through inflation. And yet here's an alternative where you can have a tangible asset. It has four walls, a roof, a driveway. You can look at it, you can see it and it's providing value for everyone. And because you do the little bit of extra work to not only do your research by listening to this show and then calling Liz, she gave you her phone number, and talking to her about how you could get involved in this alternative space. I really like the idea of investing in Main Street. You can see, Terry and Liz are regular people like you and me. This is not some massive firm. They are doing what they do because of who they are. They have just made real estate investing tangible for you. Think holistically about this. You have dollars sitting in the bank, and you can take those dollars and put them into the form of material capital. Let's say you buy a house. So your material capital goes up and your financial capital goes down, but you didn't actually lose any money. It's just that you exchanged one form of capital for another. And keep in mind, in order to do that, you need to know how to do it. So you need intellectual capital to pour in there. there. You need maybe your experience. You need relationships with a good team. Uh, You need the framework, the cultural framework to make it work. Of course, you needed the finances, All of this takes time, so you need to put time into that. And what this does is then kick off cash flow, say, or money and value for people that gets returned to you in the form of money, which then allows you to put that, again, into other forms of capital to invest more time in your spiritual well-being or your physical well-being. Uh, Of course, it took also physical capital to do that. So it requires all these different forms of capital exchanged one for another to really take a holistic approach to it. Everything you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all to the glory of God. And an important factor, for example, with real estate is that you're not actually spending money. When you buy a house, you are spending a little bit of money, uh, for example, the closing costs, are the fees that the lender gets paid, or the fact that uh, you're, you're buying a house that has, as Terry and Liz described, a little bit of margin for them. Everybody gets a little slice of value from the actions that you take, but if you sit back and you do nothing with that money, then of course, nobody's getting any value except the banksters. The banker has the ability to use that money and they're putting it to work, not you. And that's why you're not getting paid very much at the bank because there's not a lot of value in just sticking your dollars in the bank and not doing anything. Of course, they find value, but they don't actually compensate you for it that well. Uh, Historically, interest rates on bank accounts have been extremely low. And so, really, what you're doing by putting the money in the bank is just losing money, losing value every day. Uh, If you're looking for an alternative, real estate may be the right thing for you. Now, I don't give investment advice. You have to do your own due diligence. This is not a recommendation, it's just really giving you ideas and information and what I do personally to store my money. And as Liz said, She does as well. And of course, Terry. They have 150 houses under renovation, over 4,500 or close to 5,000, I think now, under their belt. They really, really, really know what they're doing. If you think about a $100,000 home or a $150,000 home and you put 20% down or 25% down, uh, it's really a fairly small chunk of change compared to most places in the country when you would have to buy real estate and get involved. The best way to learn is by doing. You could go and pay for a seminar. You could go and pay to have a guru teach you here's what you do in real estate investing or you could get involved. You could get real world life lessons. You may not do everything correctly, but Terry and Liz are there to help you along the way and certainly give you the best chance of being successful at what you should consider as a business. If you are investing in real estate, you may may think of what you do in life as your business, and certainly this is no exception. It has many forms of income. In fact, real estate pays you five ways. It pays you in the cash flow, the appreciation, the tax savings, the mortgage pay down, and the inflation-induced debt destruction. That is if you're using financing. So keep all those things in mind. It's a great alternative to leaving your money in the bank. I'm very thankful you joined and listened in. I hope you learned a little something. If nothing else, just being fascinated by an awesome business they're being run in mid-south if you want to get in contact with me and give me feedback or ask any further questions of course liz gave you her phone number uh, but you can reach out to the whole steward as well the contact is letters at the whole steward.com or you can contact us through the website let me know what you thought that's it for today now that you know more go out and grow more
2: All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only. and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions.
0: Thanks for joining us today for The Holistic Approach to Wealth from a Christian Worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.